Romans chapter 8 with me tonight and verse 16. I'm going to minister tonight on a subject and the Holy Spirit inspired this subject to me. I've never heard of anybody else ever talking about it. They probably have, but I hadn't just hadn't heard it. But anyway, uh, and it's the principle of ownership. And so I want to speak about that tonight by the Holy Spirit's direction. Romans 8 verse 16 says, and this will be one of our golden texts. I hope we, I don't think this is going to be a series, so it, it, hopefully it's just a golden text for one night, but I hardly ever think anything's a series when I start out. So Romans 8 verse 16, the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with Him, that we may be also glorified together. And the point I want you to get from those verses are that is that we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. So whatever He is, we are. Hallelujah. And then in 1 Corinthians 3, 9, another one of our starting out texts, 1 Corinthians 3, 9 says, for we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building. And so the point from that is we are laborers together with God. Uh, and, and we do truly, we must labor with Him because He, he cannot do it without us and, and we cannot do it without Him. He needs us and we need Him. And that's what, it's, it, it's not uh, disrespectful in any way to God to say that He needs us. Some people want to say, well, God doesn't need anybody. He can do anything. But God set the system up the way He wanted it and the way He wanted it was to be a co-laborer with us and He wanted us to labor with Him in the earth. And so that's what we're doing. So I want to talk tonight about taking ownership. And uh, there's what the first area that we need to take ownership in, that all of us have to take ownership in. And you'd be surprised the amount of people that are going to churches that don't take ownership in this area. And we even can do it to a greater degree. And that is that we take ownership of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And um, uh, over in Philippians, we'll go there first. Philippians 2, Philippians 2 verse 10 says... That the name at, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. So there's going to come a day when everything, demons, angels, uh, people, every person on earth, every person that's already died, every person in hell, every person in heaven is going to bow their knee and say uh, and say that Jesus is Lord. And then in Matthew seven verse twenty one. Matthew 7, verse 21, it says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in that name? And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. And, and, and then I, will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. And so uh, we have to take ownership of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. He is not just, uh, you know, a lot of people will say they will confess there is a God. They, they, will, they, they will agree there is a God. And a lot of people will even go further and they say they believe in Jesus. And then there's even those that will agree that there is a Holy Ghost. But the question comes down to it is, He is my Lord. He is my Lord. And I was thinking about our songs. A lot of them that we sing are very impersonal. 
And, uh, and then I'm not trying to change up our songs or anything. But I, what I am trying to do is get the point across that even in your seat, you should make every song that we sing personal. And like, for instance, there's an old song we used to sing. It's a great song. I mean, it's scriptural. It's great. He is Lord. But He is Lord. And the fact that every knee on earth in heaven, did you know just because they say He is Lord doesn't mean they're confessing that He's their Lord? He's, they're just going to acknowledge He is Lord. And some of them are going to do it through gritted teeth and with rebellion still in their hearts. But we're, we, we, so when we sing that song, He is Lord, He is Lord, He has risen from the dead and He is Lord. You know, what we need to make sure is when we, when we confess these things that at some point we say, Jesus, you are my Lord. You are my Lord. And I was thinking, Pastor and I have noted many times in the past that a lot of songs are so impersonal. And they need to be personalized. And you can just get where you're just singing things and you're not really, you're really not connected in your heart. And I told him one time, I said, you know, a really good song that is so personal is uh, My Jesus. And boy, I think Garland's led by the Spirit because that was the first song we sang. And I, but I, I'd already, I told Pastor, I said, you know, that is a good song because it's so personal. My Jesus, not just Jesus, but my Jesus, my Savior. And that I like it when it's personal like that and when we personalize it. And we can do it in every song. We can make it personal. Hallelujah. So uh, he's say, say this with me. Say, Jesus, Jesus you, are you are my Lord. My Lord. Hallelujah. And then the second thing we need to take ownership of is take ownership of the Word of God. You know, a lot of people, it's just the good book. The good book. Or even the Holy Bible. But you know what? And we learned from Brother John Osteen. He used to have everybody say, this is my Bible. Hallelujah. You remember that? This is my Bible. It is God speaking to me. We need to own the promises that are in the Bible. 2 Peter 1.4. 2 Peter 1.4 says, Whereby are given unto us, say me, exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And so the things that are in the world that are bad, the Bible says we escape them by the promises. And he calls them precious promises. I believe the key word in that verse is, is when the promises become precious to us, become personal to us, they start to work in our lives. When they're just, when they're, when they're just, you know, just, well, the, you know, just scripture and we just, we just don't have a relationship. We can have a relationship with these promises, have a relationship, uh, with these scriptures, with these promises. We take ownership of them. This is my promise. I don't care if anybody else in the whole world gets it. Bless God. This is my promise. This is precious to me and I'm holding on to it. Through hell and high water, I'm going to hold on to the promise. Hallelujah. And that's when you start getting somewhere. So it, it has to be your Bible, my Bible, my promises, my direction. This is my direction for life. And we have to insert ourselves into these scriptures. And you know what? We can't cherry pick the Word of God. You know what cherry picking means? When a, a Cherry picking means you just pick out the best part and, and you don't want to take all of it. 
But we have to take the blessings and we have to take the commands in the Bible and the corrections that are in the Bible and the warnings that are in the Bible and the rebukes that are in the Bible. And we have to take the old and we have to take the new and we have to study it and we have to take ownership of the Word of God. And a lot of people, it's just a, you know, it's just, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. I just know there was a time in my life when it was just a Bible. And I carried it to church. And I didn't even get to check on my offering envelope that we'd used in Sunday school. We always had a little offering envelope in Sunday school. And I didn't, and it had on there little different things you could check that you'd done every week. I didn't even get to check I'd done my daily Bible reading. Because I didn't ever do my daily Bible reading. It was just a Bible. But we have to, and you know, we could even be in a place like this where the Word's taught, but we're not taking ownership of the promises. And so that's another place we need to take ownership. The third thing that we need to take ownership of is the blood of Jesus. And let's go over to Isaiah 53. Hallelujah. You know, we can be very distant about the blood of Jesus. Or we can really take ownership of it. Isaiah 53, uh, 4. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. The Bible says that my sin sent Jesus to the cross. And your sin sent Jesus to the cross. He said we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. Our sin sent him to the cross. We have to be, in, or we're supposed to be, having a relationship and ownership of the blood of Jesus and being in, be involved with the blood of Jesus on a daily basis. And we be in, we're involved with the blood of Jesus for its cleansing power. We all need to be cleansed. You know, today and tonight in prayer, our 630 prayer, it just seemed like before, well, we were kind of, the music was playing before we started praying and we started kind of, I, or I did kind of worship in there just to the music. And when I got up here, it was just like, it just nothing would come but worship. And so we just like worshiped him for 20 minutes. The Lord, just worshiped the Lord, the people that were in here. And uh, one of the things the Lord said to me is, because uh, I'm thinking, oh, we need to pray. And the Lord said, just worship me and I'll work on the prayers you've already prayed. And I thought, well, boy, that's good because we've already prayed it just about every way we know to pray it, hadn't we? I mean, now we're just going over it again. <laughs> Hallelujah. I mean, he gives us new things all the time. But still, you know, he said, you know, just worship me and I'll work on the prayers you've already prayed. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? And so... um <clears throat> Hallelujah. So, but I noticed that the more, I even noticed tonight that, and I, you know, I didn't have any, I don't, you don't have any known sin in your life or anything, but as I was worshiping him, all of a sudden I just kept, boy, I, I, it's like I wanted some more cleansing of the blood. It's just like the closer you get to him, the more you want to be clean. And the more you can tell that, you know, we've been in the world. It's just that we've walked through this world. Hallelujah. And so uh, we have to have that daily relationship with the blood for the cleansing power of it, for the protection of the blood. Um, I believe in the power of the blood in my life. I, I, would, I would like to ask you how many of you, and I won't let you raise your hand, but how many of you have walked in relationship with the blood today? Maybe uh, talking about the blood or pleading the blood or praying and speaking about the blood. Um, if not, you need to take ownership of the blood of Jesus. Number four, we have to take ownership of the body of Christ. And over in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now this is so needed in the church. 
Hallelujah. And the reason I came upon this message was as I was praying, and we were talking about, I, Pastor and I had been talking about things and, and the body of Christ in general and, and the, the climate in the body of Christ and talked with other pastors about the climate of the body of Christ. And, and as I was praying about it, I believe the Holy Ghost showed me that one of the things that's wrong in the body of Christ that needs to be corrected, and then He just gave me these things, is that the body of Christ is in desperate need to take ownership. And so uh, we take ownership of the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 13. It says, For, what, for by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body. I'm telling you what, folks, we're all one. Hallelujah. All of us, even the, the, those, those down the street. Hallelujah. Those up, you know, there at the new, the new Holy Spirit Catholic Church. If they're born again, hallelujah, we're one in the body with them. Amen. And so, uh, <clears throat> we are all baptized into one body. Man, we may even be one with Michael Jackson. Who knows? You know, I heard, you know, I told y'all at prayer the other night, somebody said that he had called for and Andre Crouch. Anybody remember Andre Crouch? You're old if you remember Andre Crouch. You know, back in the 70s, he was the big Christian singer, you know. And he's, uh, and so if you remember Andre, well, he, he called for him three times in the last two months, him and his wife, to come to his house. And he also called for Kim Clement to come. And so he was looking for something. And I hope he found it, don't y'all? Hallelujah. So we may be one. Hallelujah. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. But you know, that means the same Holy Spirit that saved you saves others. The same Holy Spirit that saved me saved you. Hallelujah. We're all one in the same, in the same one Spirit. For the body is not one member but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, it is therefore not, is it, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? And now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? And, but now are they many members, yet but one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need, uh, uh, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more, those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And so the Lord says, take ownership of the body of Christ over in Romans chapter 12 and verse 10. Take ownership of the body of Christ. Hallelujah. It says, be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love. Or in my margin, that says, uh, in the love of the brethren. Be kindly affectioned one to another in the love of the brethren, in honor preferring one another. Preferring one another. Now, how, how many of us are preferring other people in the body of Christ above ourselves? Hallelujah. And that's really taking ownership right there. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of saints, given to hospitality, 
Are we doing these things? Pre distributing to the saints, giving to hospitality. That means going to some effort to open up our homes to the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Bless them, blessing them which persecute you, bless and curse not. And then here, rejoice with them that do rejoice, weep with them that weep. That's taking ownership. And when, you know, when we, when we have an attitude of, oh, somebody in the body of Christ is hurting, or oh, man, hallelujah, somebody in the body of Christ got a blessing, instead of being jealous or envious, or instead of having a don't care attitude, or I'm too busy, I'm too busy to care. I love people that, that take the time to care. And, you know, people have, through my life, have taken the time to care. And, you know, it's made a lot of difference in my life. Just and not always, you know, don't wait till somebody has a, a death in the family to send them a card to tell them that they're special or you love them. I remember one time I was like in uh, uh, eighth grade or something, seventh grade. And uh, so and my parents were friends with uh, with a couple that also taught school. My parents were school teachers and and worked at the school system. And uh, these were teachers and they had a little boy. He was like um I was probably in eighth grade, and he was probably five years old. And, uh, you know, just little things like, he, so on Valentine's Day, his mother brought him over to our house with a little box of candy for me. Well, there aren't no boys giving me boxes of candy in the eighth grade. And so, you know, you know, I'm like, I remember that. I still remember to this day. And, and there's things that we can take the effort to do to bless the body of Christ. And, and it, it, it really impacts people's lives when you say things, when you call people, when you send things. So we take ownership of the body of Christ. Number five, we need to take ownership. Now, that's the body of Christ in general, but we take ownership of the local church. In 1 Corinthians 12, where we were before, I want to reread a scripture that was in there. And it says in verse 18, But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased Him. Now that speaks of a, a local church there, where God sets people in the local church where it pleases Him. We don't really have a choice where we go. We have to listen to the Holy Ghost and He tells us where to go. Because He knows where we fit and He knows where we'll grow. And He knows where our gifts will flourish. And He knows where what we need to be trained to do. He knows when we've we've gone as far... You know, there's there's a... There's churches that, in, and, and I hope we're not one of them because I hope we're continuing to grow here, but there's churches that in, in town here that are just going to take you so far and then they're not going to take you any further. Uh, but you know, I want to point this out concerning the local churches. This church is no more my church. This is not Michael and Debbie Billings' church. This church, if you have been added to this church by the Holy Ghost, is no more my church than it is your church. It is no more my church than it is your church. And if you have that mentality, you haven't taken ownership, and you're not going to be effective. You will not be effective in prayer. And really, that's the direction I'm heading in this, is that until we take ownership of things, we're not effective in prayer for those things. And so um, this church needs to become, say, my church. You know, we had a lady in this church, and she attended, and it's here in Tuscaloosa. I'll just say it right out, you, but you probably won't know. But anyway, she was here probably about 10 years, her and her family. And it was so weird because, you know, now they attended faithfully. They were here just about every service. But, and, but anyway, she would, come, she would come up to us and say things all the time. This happened not once. It happened several, several times where she'd say, Well, I saw somebody today, and I told them about y'all's church. Now, she's been here 10 years nearly, and she's telling us, I told them about y'all's church. 
And I told them they should come to Michael and Debbie Billings' church. And you know, you, you just know something's wrong with that picture when it's their church. It's not my church. Hallelujah. So we have to take ownership. And they, if we have ownership, it, you know, we'll have a different level of passion. And if we have ownership, we'll take a, we'll, we'll pray. Cause anything that's ours, we really, really care about. And so we pray. You know, I'm a lot more passionate. I try to pray for other churches and I do some, but I tell you, I'm very passionate about praying for this church. Why? Cause it's my church. You know? And you'd say, well, you know, uh, and you know, it's funny because I, I, I sometimes pray for the church in Seminole, but you know, no, God took that church out of my heart and it's not my church anymore. And although I love some of the people and everything, that's not my church. This is my church. Hallelujah. And, uh, so, and then we'll also give if, and, and, and when, when, when it's your church, then every project, whether we're buying a van or painting a wall, every project is your project. You, it is your project. You are, you are involved in it. You have a vested interest. You want to, you want to see it happen. You pray it through, give it through, believe it through, use your faith on it. You know, when we were adding the back end on, now, Rita Beck, this is her church because she prayed with me every Thursday morning. And did you know we prayed for the doorknobs? Everything that's in that back, we believed it in, didn't we? I mean, even we were believing God for doorknobs. And you know what? Somebody gave us the doorknobs. We did not buy the doorknobs. All those gold doorknobs that are back there, we didn't buy any of them. They were given to the church. And we were believing for doorknobs. We believed for doors. We believed, and hallelujah. And praise God for somebody that would take ownership. And, and believe for it. Um, <clears throat> see, when we take ownership in the local church, we quit leaving things up to other people. And we start get, you know, we get involved. Hallelujah. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16, it says, From whom the whole body fitly joined together. And you know, some people just won't let the Lord fitly join them together. He, they won't let themselves be knitted in. There's people that won't let us pastor them. Hallelujah. <clears throat> from every, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. So if you want to sum this verse up, it says, you know, God puts people in the body. Every person is a joint that supplies. And that, uh, and, and then, and then according to the effectual working in the measure of not some of the parts, but every part. And it makes increase in the body of Christ. And it causes the body to be edified, or that means to be built up in love. And so when the joints start supplying, everything gets built up and, and, and everything gets edified. Hallelujah. So take ownership in the body of Christ. And we bring our supply of the Spirit. Well, what is my supply of the Spirit, Miss Debbie? Well, you, your supply of the Spirit is prayer. You're not, you're gonna, you need to pray for your pastor. I always appreciate Carl. He leads prayer. And when he leads prayer, it, on his sheet's going to be pray for the pastor. Hallelujah. And I'm always thinking, well, you know, that's a, that's a interesting concept there. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I mean, I know some of y'all pray for the pastor, but for people to just say it out loud and say, you know, we're going to pray for the pastor. So anyway, so we pray and, but we don't just pray for the chat pastor. We pray for the church and that's part of the joint that supplies. And of course, finances are a part of the joint that supply agreement. Agreement is such an important part of supplying being a joint that supplies, getting in agreement. Even, you know, 
we just hardly ever take on anything here that, that, you know, we're not just sure, sure, sure of. But it doesn't matter, you know, just get an agreement and God will work it out no matter, no matter what it is. And He always does and always has. Um, so being in agreement and then, um, 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 uh, being a joint, uh, being, being a help. The Bible talks about the ministry of helps. Uh, and do everything in your power to make the church strong. That's what we all need. If, if we will start taking ownership and doing everything, you know, you need to realize that when you're not here, it makes a difference. And so, yeah, you need to go on vacation, but a lot of people miss for a lot of reasons that they don't really have to miss for. In other words, you know, just take a, you know, just kind of, this morning I just kind of feel like we, I feel funky. Well, honey, if I stayed on every time I felt funky, hallelujah, or even worse than funky, you know, or tired. I mean, I wonder, I wonder, you know, I think sometimes people don't think the pastor's ever t- tired or the pastor's ever doesn't feel just right or, or hallelujah. But one thing I have learned because I've just, you know, when you're the pastor, you just have to jerk yourself up by the bootstraps and come anyway. And you know what, when you do that, that's faith. And so when faith always makes things better. And so faith, it always, I always feel better after I do it. I've never left church when I've come in sick before. But I've never left when I didn't feel better. Hallelujah. So um, <clears throat> anyway, you have to do everything in your power to make the church strong. And, and that's one of the things that we really you need to unite together in this time and say, you know, um, it's not how I feel. It's what would God have me to do because to, I'm taking ownership here. Because I trust you're doing everything in your power to make your family strong. Well, if you take ownership of the church, and there's a lot of times that I, I make a lot of decisions based on would that hurt the church. I do. I make a lot of decisions about, you know, sometimes I think, oh, I'd really like to wear this tonight. And then I go, no, not going to wear that tonight because that's not in the best interest of the church. That's not in the best interest of the vision or whatever. And just that's just an example. I'm not criticizing anybody for what they're wearing. But I'm just saying, if when you get ownership like that, you will start making decisions. And you won't just say, oh, well, yeah, we come on Sunday morning. We come on Wednesday night. Well, I don't want to go to that church fellowship. No, because you have an ownership there. And you say, what's going to help make the church strong? And the Bible says in Acts that they were together in house to house, breaking of bread, fellowship. And fellowship, so fellowship is a very important part of a local church and making it strong. Prayer, fellowship, breaking of bread and the apostles' doctrine. So the word, fellowship, uh, breaking of bread, and that would that could mean that would be communion, and the apostles' doctrine would be teaching or the word. Did I say that? I don't know, I think I repeated some, but anyway, you got the point. Anyway, um <clears throat> so we're doing everything in our power to make word of life church strong. That would include being on time too. That is very important to be on time. You can it, it's really hard on visitors when the church is nearly empty when they come in. And so, hey, you know, somebody asked me, how many do you have? I said, well, if we could get everybody there, we'd probably have a hundred. But, you know, and so if we could get where everybody had a sense of ownership. Okay, uh, and now, like I said, we're not talking against going on vacations and stuff. We're just saying, let, let's, let's, let's pull ourselves together and take ownership here. Attending faithfully, tithing faithfully, all of those things. Number six, you have to take ownership of your own life. Did you know every mess in your life is your mess? Boy, a lot of people, we live in a world that doesn't want to take responsibility. You know, they want to blame their past. They want to say they're a, they're a victim. They want to say, um, you know, um, 
they were raised in a dysfunctional family. I heard people today, you know, Michael Jackson was the way he was because his daddy abused him. I am sorry, but there's a lot of abused people that have pulled themselves out of it. And, you know, hallelujah. I'm not coming against him. Don't get me wrong. But I'm just saying, it's time. there's ways to get out of it. When you were abused, I hate abuse. I hate it when children are abused. But there's ways to come out of those things. Hallelujah. And so we take ownership and we quit passing the buck. We quit blaming others. John 8.32 says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You know, you got to own up to the truth sometimes. And you got to say, you know, and you know what? You got to say this, this is my situation. And, and you, you don't, you don't take it like, well, boy, I'm just doomed because I did this. No, you say, God, you know, I did it. I'm sorry. Now help me get out. And He will. He will every time in every situation. You've got to take ownership of your children. This is still under of your own life. You're, you've got to take ownership of your children. And if you raised them wrong, you need to say, I missed it somewhere. I don't know where I missed it, but somewhere I missed it. And you take ownership of it, you repent, and then you just go from there and be the best you can be from that point on. You know, praise God, we're all, you know, everything we did, we didn't do intentionally. We did it out of ignorance. Isn't that the truth? Hallelujah. I know I was the best parent I knew how to be, but I tell you, uh, I did some things that I wish I'd have done different. Not anything real big, but I could just see where I could have done some things different and, and it might have turned out uh, easier for some of my kids in some ways. We always want to bless our kids. And uh, <clears throat> hallelujah. You know, when we had Colin up until he was about three years, four years old, we weren't filled with the Spirit. And I had lots of issues, hallelujah. And so from those formative years, one through four, and I'm not giving him any excuses, but he, he got the worst of mom. Eric got the best of mom. Mom was baptized in the Holy Ghost when she got Eric. And so, and, and Colin always says, you know, we treated him better. <laughs> hallelujah. So, you know, I guess in some ways, you know. Now, Colin was never abused. He was never beaten. Uh, but, you know, he did might have been the blunt of, some fr of, fr of a frustrated woman once or twice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, you got to take ownership of your house. We're still under this. You know what? The maid's not coming. We say at our house, you know, Bessie Maud's not coming. We call the maid Bessie Maud. And we say, you know, Bessie Maud is not coming or Bessie Maud does not live here. And you have to take ownership of it. And it is your stewardship, and you just gotta you just gotta face it and say, you know, nobody else is gonna do this. Sometimes women won't blame their husband, blame their kids. This house is dirty because of my kids. No, it's not. We take ownership. Okay, we take ownership. Men, I was on the women. Now I'll take I'll take on the on men. We, the men, I believe, unless you are paraplegic, men, you're, that is your yard. Take ownership of your yard. Hallelujah. Unless your wife says to you, honey, don't step in that yard. I love it. I want to mow. I'll get me a riding lawnmower. I want that yard. And if she does that, well, then you aren't responsible. But other than that, that is your yard. Take your stewardship. Take ownership. Number seven, we need to take ownership of Tuscaloosa County. Hallelujah. Now, I'm really going in the direction of prayer because none of these things... See, God's not going to help you get the mess straightened out at your house by you praying until you take ownership. You know, oh God, just make these kids help me. He's not. you got to take ownership. you got to get in there. And you know, it's just the same in the church. You know, the Lord told me a long time ago, now the people will pray with you, Debbie, but they're not going to pray for you. In other words, they're not going to do your praying for you. But they'll pray right along with you. And that's the way kids are. 
Your kids aren't going to clean that house up for you, but they'll get in there with you if, you know, hallelujah. Yes, they will. Yes, they will. It might take a while, but I promise you they will. Especially when you go in with ownership, you go in with the right attitude. And uh, <clears throat> praise God. So we take ownership of Tuscaloosa County. This is my home. This is my land. Acts 17.26. Let's go there. Now, a lot of people, you would be surprised that are born and raised here, and they're just flat, don't take ownership of this county. They're just flat, not really responsible for anything here. You know, it's always somebody else's problem. Acts 17, verse 26 says, and, and okay, let's read verse 25 just to get in context. Neither is worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things, and hath made of one blood all nations of men. We all have the same blood. Hallelujah. Every nation of men, every race, for to dwell on all the face of the earth and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. So God determined when you'd be born, the time frame that you'd live in. He said, Debbie can't live in pioneer days because her daddy already said she's not pioneer stock. And I had to, I had, they had to wait till uh, potties were invented for me to, hallelujah, because it couldn't go to the outhouse. Hallelujah. <laughs> no, no, couldn't do it. Hallelujah. <laughs> my, my dad always said, Debbie, you're nasty nice. Hallelujah. And I am. I'm nasty nice. <laughs> hallelujah. And so um, <clears throat> anyway, um, <clears throat> and, it, and he set the bounds of our habitation too. So God set you here in Tuscaloosa County in Joshua 14, verse 9. And this is a scripture God gave me when he moved me to, to, to Tuscaloosa, Joshua 14, 9. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. So the land where your feet have trodden is your inheritance. This, and until God roots you up, Hallelujah. And says, no, I'm moving you. This is your land. This is yours. Tuscaloosa County is yours. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Hallelujah. It's yours. And God says, take ownership, take responsibility. I believe that what I pray and speak over Tuscaloosa County will make a difference. I really do. I believe that my words will make a difference. I believe God has given us the authority and the power and the creativeness in our... I believe we're such a unique... Uh, we're so much more powerful than most people realize, than most Christians realize. And I think that when I speak in this county, my words have power. And we've learned in this county, we've learned in this church to speak to the weather and to speak to weather systems. And have you noticed that we have been able to conquer that where our uh, families and our houses are concerned? But we need to take that a step further. And we, can, we need to say, no, this is our land. And this is our county. And this is how it's going to be here. And this is what's going to happen in this county. And you know what? We need to take responsibility when a murder happens in Tuscaloosa County. We need to say, uh-uh. Uh-uh. We are not having that anymore. And start changing. Hallelujah. We can change it where there's not somebody in an apartment building on West End being killed every weekend. Hallelujah. We can change that. We can start speaking. We can start declaring. And for sure, you know, start in your neighborhood. Hallelujah. Start at your house. Start in your neighborhood. But let's expand our vision and say, this is my county. You know, God 
uh, I think the one reason that he didn't put us as a church in Tuscaloosa, uh, he put us out in the county, is he wanted us to be a county church. He didn't want us to be a Tuscaloosa church. He didn't want us to be a Northport church. I knew that when we came in town and started looking for a building in 1997 and was going to first start the church. I knew we weren't supposed to be in Northport. I just now, if you're in Northport, I'm not against Northport. I like it, but I'm just saying that's not where we were supposed to be. And I think God wanted us to be a county church. And I think the reason He won't let me move to this side, I've tried to move over here. We even put our house up for sale in 2002 for a short while. Hallelujah. And, uh, <clears throat> but He won't let me move to this side of town. Is why? Because He doesn't want us to get a coker mentality. He doesn't want us to have a, uh, even just this side of the county, a west side of the county mentality. He wants us to have a, a county-wide. And so I'm praying on that side of town. I'm praying on this side of town. And some of you too are scattered throughout the county and, and different places. Hallelujah. I think I figured up, and I might be wrong, but Barry and Melissa are one of the few people actually living in the city of Tuscaloosa. You have a big responsibility, wow. Barry. Hallelujah. But we're going to help you. And Eric, you know, you've got a big responsibility. You're in Northport there. Hallelujah. And, you know, we got people over on the north side of the county. Deborah and Danita are over there and watching. I don't know if we have anybody out here. Yeah, we got the, um, the, the Becks are out that way somewhere. I don't know if, I don't know if that's west or whatever that is. Anyway, they're out that way. And so, uh, you know, we're covering and we got some people over this way in Buell. Where, what, where, what direction's that? West. Okay, if that's west, where do the Becks live? South, sort of south. Okay. Anyway, y'all get it covered. Hallelujah. Take ownership of Tuscaloosa County. You are a spiritual leader over this land. Hallelujah. And this land is your assignment. And we are responsible. Hallelujah. For what goes on. And anything wrong in this county, we need to take ownership of it. Hallelujah. I used to didn't believe that we should repent for uh, other people's sins, like if so, if there was a abortion, that I always thought that was weird when people repented for abortion in America. And I was like, that's just a little too weird, you know. But I see it a lot different now because I see it that Jesus, Jesus took on people's sin and took responsibility for people's sin, and He was sin free. And so I think sometimes we just need to repent when, when, when our county, you know, Lord, we we ask you to forgive us that this murder or whatever happened in our county under our watch. Forgive, forgive that and, and, you know, cleanse the land of that blood that's been shed. I, I, I'm, I believe like that now. Okay. <clears throat> so anything wrong here, we take ownership of. I, I was listening to this set of tapes by Lynn Hammond about a, a couple of months ago, I told Pastor this, and this both just, both of us were just like, wow. I think I told this in church though. And she said her daughter, or I might have told it at prayer. She said her daughter-in-law called her up one day. Of course, now Lynn Hammond's big prayer. In fact, they have, they have, I mean, really they affect the nations and this whole United States with prayer. They've trained so many people to pray. And, uh, <clears throat> so her daughter-in-law called her up one day and said, oh, a mosque is going down the street, going in down the street from us. And Lynn said, I wanted to be nice, but out of my mouth came, well, whose fault is that? <laughs> I thought, ooh, I don't know. I, know. I would hate to say that to my daughter-in-law. <laughs> Hallelujah. I wouldn't want to say that. But, you know, we do have to take ownership of these things. And uh, then once they're in, we got to pray them out. But we take ownership. We can keep things from happening. Number eight, we take ownership of the United States of America. 
In Genesis 26, verse 3, we won't turn there, but <clears throat> remember there was a famine in Canaan land or in Israel, and uh, God told Isaac, he said, I want you to go down to Egypt and dwell there. He said, dwell there. And I thought that was so good the way he said, I want you to go down to Egypt, I want you to dwell there. And uh, he told Isaac, he said, because a lot of times people just live like they're, they're on vacation somewhere. Like I really, I really am a citizen of Bangladesh, but I just kind of visit in America. In other words, they're not responsible for anything. But you know, we were born here. I don't think there's anybody in this room that probably wasn't born here or, and, and, or a legal citizen. We are legal citizens of America. We sing a patriotic song that says, this land is my land. Amen. So we need to take ownership. How much of the body of Christ do you think is really taking ownership of the United States of America? And when we take ownership, that always implies responsibility. Are we taking responsibility for what happens in, in Congress? Well, he's taking responsibility for, for uh, and you know, really, this mess is our mess. This mess America's in. Y'all just like, boy, them. I heard a lady the other day, she said, now they've got it in such a mess up there. It's like, boy, you talk about no ownership. Now, although she's lived here all her life and she's very old. Hallelujah. This mess is her mess. Hallelujah. And you know, even some of that, you know, we could even say, well, you know, our fathers passed this mess to us. And, you know, the children could, you know, Eric can, could say, you know, my parents really passed a mess to us. And Carter and Caitlin are going to say, boy, they have passed a mess to us. And, you know, that's what the president says now. It's all because of what President Bush did. It's all oh, this big mess. It's all because of him. Well, that's not taking. I'm not saying it's his fault. I'm just saying he got to take ownership. Now it's his mess. Hallelujah. Now it's his problem. And he said, he got up and said, I want it. I want this mess. And he shouldn't have said I wanted it if he didn't want it because now it's his. Hallelujah. But it's ours too. And in one sense, we're just as responsible as he is. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. So we take ownership. In, in, in Genesis, he said, dwell in the land. And he said, I want you to sow in the land. And, and in that, he sowed that year and he, he reaped a hundredfold that year. And you know what else he did? He went and dug wells in the land. In other words, even though he was just passing, he just went there temporarily because of a famine. He took ownership in Egypt. So this is our country. I like it when the military, now the military are really good about this because sometimes when they're coming home, you know, they're getting off the plane or something and they've come back from Iraq or Afghanistan or something and they'll interview them, the, the soldiers will say, it was a privilege to serve my country. Or they'll say things like, it was an honor to fight for my country. I like how they take ownership. Amen. That this is, and you know, I'm thinking, I wish we all felt that way. This is my country. This is my land. Hallelujah. And so the Holy Ghost, uh, he's inspired me here to preach this. He wants us to take ownership of the United States of America and to be effective in prayer. Uh, we, we have to take ownership. It, it'll, it'll take, it'll change our attitude. Uh, if something goes wrong, then I'm responsible to make it right. And the way I do that is through prayer. The way I do that is through my authority in Christ, through speaking and declaring. And it might not happen instantly, but I believe our words have power in the spirit realm and through anything that the Holy Ghost uh, tells us to do. Uh, through voting. 
through participation and through speaking up. You know, too many Americans are not speaking up, especially Christians. There's a great, uh, great amount of people that are Christians. We could greatly influence this nation uh, if we would just start speaking up. <clears throat> Did you know that now, I read this recently, that uh, it's more than half of all Americans say they want the movies to be clean. They've taken surveys, and more than half of all Americans want the movies to be clean. Hallelujah. We need to start speaking up, saying we want, you know, if we say we want clean movies, and the best way to say we want clean movies is not go to the ones that aren't. I mean, we, and, and, you know, if they bust, you know, and that, they lose about a $5 million at a time, they'll say, you know, we need to, and if we make movies see so many times, we're not going to see the good movies. I admit myself, you know, me and Pastor watched Fireproof Monday night. How, how long has that been? But at least we bought it. We did do something. We bought it, you know, we contributed, we watched it, and it was a great movie. Hallelujah. It was really romantic, too. It was really sweet. <laughs> That would be great for date night. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. I was over there slinging a little snot. And <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anyway, uh, but we send, we can send a message. That's what we want. Uh, you know, that's what we, that's the kind of stuff. Well, let's, we need to make them make a million dollars. Hallelujah. Or trillion or whatever. Um, so, uh, Jesus took ownership. Now let's we're gonna close tonight with Romans ten. I'm I'm believing God. I, I I told the Lord today. I said, Lord, you know I can deliver this message, and it'll be better if you help me. <laughs> Hallelujah. I said, but I can't do a thing about causing people in their hearts. Only He can put it in your heart to say, you know, I'm a, I'm gonna own up to this. I'm gonna own up. Hallelujah. You know, quit blaming your husband. If the you know, quit blaming your wife. Quit blaming other people. This, that's your mess there. Hallelujah. And none of us intended to make a mess. None of us go into marriage thinking, boy, I'm going to mess this up every way I can. Hallelujah. Nobody has a kid and says, boy, I'm going to cause this kid to turn out to be a delinquent. I'm going to, I'm determined. I'm going to do everything I can to raise a juvenile delinquent. Nobody does that. None of us intend to make a mess. And hallelujah. But if we'll own up to it and we'll say, Lord, you know, I'm not blaming my mother. I'm not blaming my father. I'm not blaming uh, the school system. You know, sometimes we want to tell, we want to blame Tuscaloosa. And there's a lot of things wrong in school systems. There's a lot, of course, you know, and believe it or not, there's lots worse ones than Tuscaloosa County school systems. There are some really bad ones. Hallelujah. Uh, but we can't blame those things. We have to take, we have to own it. And one of the reasons it's nothing, things have not turned out better than they have for us in many areas is because we didn't own it and say, okay, these are my kids and we, and when they're born, we start praying or really before they're born. I didn't know to do that. So my, Eric got a little prayer before he was born, but Colin, he got prayed for to be, to be conceived, but he didn't get any prayer in the meantime. Hallelujah. And he was mad about it too. He was three weeks late. He was like, hallelujah. He, 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 he came out mad. No, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. He was, but I always, you know, I'm blaming him. No. Hallelujah. Romans 10, verse 6. But anyway, um, if we will own up to some things and get before the Lord and, say, and get the cleansing power of the blood in there 
and, and then just say, Lord, there's, a, there's always a way to win. There's always a solution. There's a way to come out. Uh, 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 there's a way to come out to this. God's restoring families every day. We even see some of them on TV, how, you know, that people get put back together. They get reconciled. Jesus is in the ministry of reconciliation. And so families can be put back together. Marriages can be put back together. They can be healed. Hallelujah. But we have to, we have to take ownership in the situation. Number, Romans chapter 10, verse 6. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. And then he tells us something. Say not in thine heart. Okay, say don't say it. Say not in thine heart. Who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above? Or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring up Christ again from the dead? So what he's telling us there is quit trying to get somebody else to do this for you. In other words, he's telling us to take ownership. He's telling us quit trying to say, who's going to do this for me? Who's going to get this kid straightened out for me? Who's going to fix this thing for me? Who's going to clean this house? Who's, you know, we can, we can just sit all day trying to figure out. Now, who's going to get me healed? Who am I going to get to pray for me that's going to get me healed? No, it doesn't. It says not to do that. It says, but what saith it? Verse 8, the word is nigh thee, even in thy heart, in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. See, that's taking ownership right there. That's they don't say, well, now who's going to get this for me? Who's going to die and prosper me? Who's going to, you know, or whatever, whatever we try to say. Sometimes we just, we just want somebody else to do it. And the Lord said, don't say that. Say, the word of faith is nigh thee, even in thy heart and in thy mouth. So we need to get the word in our heart and in our mouth and start declaring for our county, start declaring for our city, start quit, quit, quit letting Pastor and Miss Debbie do all the declaring even for Word of Life Church. I know you're not, uh, but start declaring for that. Uh, start speaking. You know, if, if your kids are in, pro in trouble, have problems, turn it around with your mouth. Get the word in your mouth and in your heart. Hallelujah. Start calling, you know, the, the good seeds. There's been good seeds probably planted in them. Start calling the good seeds forward. Hallelujah. And start believing God to be a minister of reconciliation in, 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 in any situation that you have that needs reconciling. Hallelujah. And get the word out there and start declaring and start taking taking ownership. Hallelujah. Well, stand up with me tonight. I believe the Lord told Pastor Michael and I that we were to pray uh, together as a church family for an awakening in America. That's taking ownership. Thank you, Jesus, in every service. So we're going to pray. So let's pray in the Holy Ghost. We're going to pray for awakening in America. Uh, uh, that means spiritual awakening, revival, outpouring. I don't care what you want to call it. Speak it out. Declare it. Don't just pray in the Spirit, but speak by the Spirit uh, what God puts in your heart concerning this.